Oh, what's going on, good people? I hope you all had a wonderful week. This is Unrestricted. I am your host, Ben Lieber. My guest this week is a former teammate of mine, and he's going into the NFL Hall of Fame. Woo! He will be the 335th member in the class of 2020 for the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, He played left guard for 12 years in the NFL for Seattle, Minnesota, and the Tennessee Titans. He's none other than Steve Hutchinson. Again, 12 years as an NFL guard is going in as the 335th member of the NFL Hall of Fame. He was a first-round draft pick, the 17th overall out of Michigan in 2001. He went to six All-Pros. He was twice the NFL Alumni Offensive Lineman of the Year. Uh, He made the NFL All-Decade team in the 2000s, and he's a seven-time Pro Bowler, um, and he's just a freak of nature. And also, he kind of changed the way that NFL approaches free agency Uh, with the poison pill that was applied to him as he made the transition from Seattle to Minnesota. And our our discussion is a relatively quick one because of time constraints of his schedule, but he was able to share just those those amazing moments before and after his selection to the Hall of Fame. took him three selection classes to get into the NFL Hall of Fame and he just talks about how you know he would never he would never take that back he would never take that experience back um, of having to wait three years to get in and we also revisit sort of um, you know kind of the the most memorable years for both of us with the Minnesota Vikings back in 2009 and 2010, the Brett Favre years. And he shares what exactly happened down in Hattiesburg when he, Jared Allen and Ryan Longwell went down to Hattiesburg in 2010 during training camp to, to bring Brett back. Um, it's a story that I don't think that he's shared publicly. And uh, I think you'll find it fascinating. Just like, just like I did just, how and and what led up to those circumstances, and then what actually happened at Farb's farm slash ranch down there in Mississippi. So here it is, the one and only, the NFL Hall of Famer, Steve Hutchinson on Unrestricted. This unrestricted podcast is brought to you by Douglas and Todd Bourbon, a Minnesota-made through-and-through bourbon. It is made, manufactured, grown, distilled, bottled, all right here in the great state of Minnesota, but not exclusive for Minnesota drinkers. You can go to douglasandtodd.com, find the store locator in the upper right-hand corner, and find the nearest liquor store that supplies Douglas and Todd throughout the country. That's right. It's an award-winning, a gold medal-winning bourbon made right from the great state of Minnesota, distributed across the country. I'm not going to get into all the notes. I'm not that qualified to tell you all the notes of caramel and oakiness and all that stuff. Just trust me. It's the best bourbon that you're ever going to have. It's made right here in the great state of Minnesota. Douglas and Todd bourbon at douglasandtodd.com. Hi, Hutch. What's happening? What's up, buddy? Good What's to up? see you. It's good to see you too. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, I have to say right off the bat, I love the hat. You're wearing you're wearing a little hat. Uh, it's got the words ground beef and a oh. 
and a cow on the ground. So here's cow my quick, legs. Yeah. Yep. That's my favorite joke of all time. Yeah. So it's funny you say that. So uh, a friend of mine here in Nashville during co a little COVID project, he, uh, he, uh, he works in marketing for, for one of the music labels in town here. And so COVID project, him and his son, um, they just said, you know what, let's, let's come up with these dad jokes. We got all these, I got all these dad jokes. Let's put them on hats. And so he started this little company and it's, it's literally called dad jokes on hats. And, uh, he sent me a couple of them. So this is, you know, ground beef, cow, laying on the ground, no legs. And I've got another one that says uh, pork chop. And there's a pig with like a karate, like, uh, you know, doing like the, 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 yeah, the yeah. Daniel LaRusso crane pose with, uh, you know, like the headband on. And so, you know, th th they're awesome hats because he, he, he went with the right manufacturer. And this isn't a plug for him by any means, but the classics, you know, it just fits my fat head great. So I, I wear it all the time. Yeah, it's great. Is that is that a camo? I can't really tell. Yeah, it's a, it's like a um, it's like a like black a gray and gray like yeah, yeah. camo. You know, it's uh, it's kind of hard to tell with my lighting, but yeah, it's. Dude, I'm sorry. I I have to get that. I mean, I that is my that has been my favorite joke since I saw it on a Laffy Taffy rapper. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying maybe when I was a kid. Yeah. You know yeah. that. What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. I yeah. I chuckle every <laughs> single time. <laughs> you know what? I I haven't been. Um, you could follow. I know he's on Instagram, and you could go on there and order. He's probably got a, a slew of different um, hats and sayings and jokes now but uh you know this is i think these were two of the uh, original ones so this one the uh, the pork chop so um yeah they're they're great um i'm doing that dad jokes on hats i'm doing yeah, it perfect uh let's start off with the biggest news of of your freaking career man it took you it took you three opportunities three yeah. selection periods to go into the hall of fame um I, I think everybody that is probably listening to this has already seen the video that uh, your wife Landon was was filming when when David Baker knocked on your door. But congrats, man. I know I, I know I've texted you this before. You know, this is the first time we're probably publicly talking about it together. But what an what an awesome honor. Um, I was so happy for you. I I got choked up watching your video. Yeah, because because it really is like this true emotion that came out of you that it it, it looked like it surprised you even. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, first of all, it is, it is, it was like you said, my third time. And, you know, after you make it to a final as a finalist and, and you, you don't make it, you know, they tell you, well, if you're just being here means you have a 80 something, 90% chance of you're going to get in. It's, you know, it's just like, if you get to that point that it still doesn't help. Right. I mean, it doesn't help you. <laughs> it doesn't help you cope with the fact that you didn't get in. So I had gone through that twice and, you know, they tell you to be in your room at a certain time um, because, you know, they, they estimate when the voting process will get done by the time the votes are tabulated and, and everything's put in a little, you know, secret ballot menu and David walks it and gets to the hotel and all that stuff. You know, they kind of estimate when that will be. So, um, so they tell you to be in the room. Well, this particular year, um, you know, and, and it seems like the later it goes, that's when you get the call because David kind of knocks on all the people's doors that he needs to knock on. And then some of the other um, uh, employees of the hall, um, they do the phone calls if you don't make it. Gotcha. So then, you know, you're sitting around and okay, you know, maybe an hour and a half goes by and you're like, 
you know, I, I don't know. And so then all of a sudden your phone rings and it's, you know, somebody saying, Hey, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't this year. Sorry to hear that. And, and so then that's how that goes. Well, so here, here we are the third time around and, and I'm watching the clock and I'm like, it's getting too long. You know, I'm like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just getting, it's, it's too much time. I, the, he's right. already knocked on everybody up. They're just, I'm, you know, and there was, I'm just, you know, and so, and as you can see in the video, which I didn't know was my wife had, I didn't know she filmed that. So she had just literally set her, her phone up and hit record on the, um, set it up on the little nightstand facing where it was facing. And just that, that, that video was like an hour and a half long. And so she just wanted to capture it if it happened. Right. And she, and, uh, so I'm pay, I'm literally, if you watch that whole video in, in fast, fast speed, like I'm pacing the whole time as you right. can imagine. You know, and I'm looking through the peak hole and I'm like, there nobody out there yet. And, you know, I'm walking. And then, so then it's getting to this point where I'm starting to get anxious. Cause I'm like, the phone's going to ring at any second, you know? And so I'm kind of holding the phone or it's got, you know, one hand and I'm looking and then I go to the door and I look and I see a couple guys standing there in like suits and ties oh the peak hole. and i'm like it's not one of them's david because you can't mistake david baker yeah, for anybody yeah, else gigantic, planet, yeah. right and so um i'm standing there and i i think <clears throat> at that point i turned to to landon and that's kind of part of the video she, she posted and i say i said there's there's some there's some guys out there and i'm like like they didn't have the look of like hotel employees like getting ready to like you know checking to make sure that something I, you know what I mean? Like, was yeah. it like, and so, and I go, I go, I think I was back talking. I'm like, there's people standing out. Then all of a sudden you just hear like the knock and it's, you know, David's hands, like Andre, the giant, you know, yeah, big fist boom, knock. Boom. And it just, I guess all the emotion of waiting for, you know, when, when I retired, did I do enough to get in? Did, did, did everything align? And then, having gone through two years and not making it and, and and then the third year of going through and then it just all hit me at once you know pretty pretty crazy i know that you can't go back and change history and i i'm sure you would have loved to have been a, a first ballot guy got the door knock on, on year one i mean that's yeah. that's super special in and of itself i mean that that puts you in a in a higher percentage you know puts you more on the microscopic tip of the spear um but i gotta think that that journey that buildup of three years and that elation and that emotion that came out of you had to have been so worth it, yeah. right? I mean, wow. like it's like you you have this anxiety about it, and then it finally releases, and it's like you wouldn't have gotten that release of emotion and that satisfaction if you would have been a first. Oh no, 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 for sure. Like I joke with Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson now. I'm like, you guys don't, you know, Randy. I'm like, you guys. You guys don't even know what stress is like, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, hey, I'm down at Super Bowl. It's fun. And then all of a sudden somebody knocks on your door and, you know, it's like, great. And I'm like, I I definitely know I appreciate the process more. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is I played guard, right? I mean, it's, you know, with the exception of, uh, you know, you know, Larry Allen, uh, you know, in the last guy in the first ballot in, in, in the you know but it seems like three years is kind of the magic number for for most guards uh i think randall mcdaniel took two like you look back at like munchak bruce bruce matthews but he played 19 years right, you know and, right. uh, but most most guards i think are in that that you know year two year three you know fanica took him you know 
I think it was his fifth or sixth year he got in this year, you know, and um, it's just, it's, it's, you know, John Lynch, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of guys that went through this process. Now, this process of the hotel going, doing the knock and all that is fairly new. That's kind of David's uh, a dream child that he, when he took over as, as chairman of the CEO, that's kind of his deal. And it, for as excruciating as it is when you don't make it, it's that much sweeter when you do. Otherwise, you know, I just talking to guys like, like John Randall or Warren Moon, like, you know, back when they got in, it was, it was a phone call either way, you right, know, you right. could be sitting in the comfort of your house or wherever, and you got a phone call and it's like, well, you didn't make it. And then, you know, you were home, you know, you could go deal with it how you wanted to, you were in your house and you did make it. It was, you know, Hey, great. Um, so it's a little different. I, I think I w- let's put it this way. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the way it went. Um, you know, for, for as hard as those first two years were, um, it, it made it, made it great. And then Not coupled that- with the fact that, you know, it would have been great, you know, that first year to, cause it was in Minnesota, you know, yeah, that would have been yeah, kind of yeah. cool. Right. But for it to happen in South Florida at, at the Super Bowl in Miami, where I'm from, you know, um, we had family and, you know, there was a lot of family and friends that were came to the hotel after and we kind of saw and it was kind of it was it, that it just, you know, it just kind of everything happens for a reason, you know. Yeah, I guess that you because you don't know if you're going to get in, you couldn't pre-plan like a dinner celebration like a, you, i'm sure you probably didn't like rent out a room someplace no, and like, okay no. i'll meet you guys there absolutely such- not like yeah. if anything if anything it taught me from the first two years it's like uh, you know I, my you know I, my plan was like i had a, a flight the next morning you know like book to go back like i was like if i didn't make it i'm i'm going back you know i'm going home like i did the first two years i'm not gonna sit around and go to the super bowl i just it just you know you got to you got to, you know, it's an honor, obviously, to, to get to where I was the first two years. But I, I want, you know, if I didn't make it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm moving on. My mind's already set on the next year. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So as soon as we were staying at the uh, the Lowe's Hotel on, on Miami Beach and uh, as soon as it ended in the in, uh, the, the vote, they don't give you. I, I literally had about three minutes to compose myself, put on my we you know, we all put on our. My son and I put on our, our uh, suit jacket, you know, the girls kind of got themselves literally three minutes and they usher you out the door. You go on a service elevator. They try to keep everything very, very uh, confidential because they, yeah. they want the world to find out it without any leaks on the honor show, which happens, you know, a couple hours later. So they, they rush you to the honor show, you do the thing and then you come back and after a, a, a press conference. So I think I got back to the hotel around, 9 30 10 o'clock and we literally went to the restaurant in the hotel you know got sat down you know the kids actually were just exhausted they went out and ordered room service yeah and then landon and i sat there and just had dinner and everybody came over and it was awesome but it was you can't plan you're right you can't plan anything you know it just yeah. so how so, hammered did you get that night it was, it was pretty, it was, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a pretty late night. You know, the other thing that was really cool was it obviously it was the night before the Super Bowl. There's a lot of guys there and, um, you know, Walter Jones was there at the hotel. And so yeah. he was like the first one to come over and, and Walt and I just, that was my left tackle in Seattle. And we just sat there and just, you know, went to town and, and celebrated. And it was, it was, um, 
It was great. Yeah, that is fantastic. I know that I know that it, the other confidential thing is is the player's speeches, and I'm sure you've been yeah. working on that. Yeah, Do you have a. Can you give us a uh, an overview and a snippet of what might be said? Yeah, no, I mean, I can. You know, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty much what you would expect. You know, the the difference between this year and years past are there. There's no chance you're going to have these 45 minute rambling speeches. Um, because they're, they're, they get a time limit on us. Um, mm -hmm. So we, our speeches are have to be between six and eight minutes. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And so, because it's the T it's, this is a big live TV event and they, you know, it's like the Oscars. Like if you start rambling, they start playing the music and then the big hook comes out and pulls you off the stage, you know? Um, so you gotta be careful of that. They kind of have to approve your speech from a length standpoint prior to, um, but, but honestly, you know, and, and this and I'll and I'm going to say this in the speech. You know, this obviously I'm the one standing up there getting the award, but it's really not about me. It's it's about from every from the start of my life to where I got to that point. It's like it's it's about all those people that had a part getting me there. You know, and it's it's really my my opportunity to thank them in six to eight minutes and, and point out. And I can't get to everybody. You know, you can only hit certain coaches and certain teammates and family members. And of course your wife, my wife and kids and my parents and um, college coaches and teammates and, you know, NFL teammates that you were close with. And then the cool thing is, is they, they give you an opportunity for all those people that you can't say, um, you know, thanks. And that, and that time allotment in the speech, they give you a, an opportunity to either write a letter that they'll post on the website that people can click on on a link or they put it on the ticker gotcha. tape or they put it on the ticker tape. And so like, you know, I can go back and basically thank every person in my graduating class in high school, if I wanted to, and you have a litter, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, so you have an opportunity to, to acknowledge them one way or the other. Um, yeah. I mean, you know me, I don't think I would have talked for 20 minutes, but <laughs> yeah. I think, I think six to eight minutes is probably, you know, a little, but I, I get it. You know, you got 12 guys giving speeches on that Saturday night. And, you know, if everybody went half hour, I mean, you know, you'd have yeah, to roll I mean, pot, you'd have to have tents and cots and, you know, I mean, people would be falling asleep out there. Yeah, no. And, and it's probably one of those things where you could, if you really sat down and reflected on your life and you, you named and maybe gave a quick quibby story on all these people that influenced you, you could make it a 30 minute speech, just, yeah. just thanking certain people yeah, and giving right. like anecdotal stories about how they influence your life. Yeah. And I think that's what happens in the past is people get up there and it's like, you know, you start talking about somebody that's important to you and, and you want to explain why they're important. Next thing you know, that's seven minutes because you're telling yeah. a story and, and you're, you're, oh, and then this time he did this or that she did this. And it's like, you know, and, 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 and some of these guys, you know, I remember when I went to Walt's induction, you know, there were some, there were some guys that, that were in that that senior pool that have waited 30 years to get in mm -hmm. and i can tell you if i waited 30 years to get in you'd be damn sure i'm gonna take my time and thank all the people i want yeah, right. to say you know right hey everyone i'm happy to interrupt this podcast to thank one of my sponsors previmedica.com previmedica is the maker of the all cat food sensitivity test in which i am a huge huge fan of i didn't realize that 
for most of my life, I was allergic to wheat gluten. That was the reason why I had uh, giant hives. My lips would swell. I've had to use the EpiPen one time. I didn't realize that the migraines I've been dealing with my whole life have to do with an intolerance to soy amongst a bunch of other food uh, additives and food products. And the all-cat food sensitivity test helped me pinpoint and gave me control over what I put into my body and thus eliminated a lot of these stressors in my life. If you feel like you're somebody that has brain fog, uh, emotional distress, uh, maybe you have skin rashes, maybe you have a skin condition, maybe there's something going on where you just can't figure it out, the all-cat food sensitivity test can help you figure out what that is. They test from 50 to 200 different types of foods, also herbs and molds and antibiotics, over-the-counter drugs. So maybe you're somebody with celiacs or IBS or Crohn's and you want to figure out exactly what is affecting your body. I urge you to go to previmedica.com, click on the all-cat food sensitivity test, figure out which is the best for you and take control of your life and use the promo code BEN-20 for 20% off of your order. That's right, BEN-20 for 20% off of your order. Get control of your life with previmedica.com. You know, going back, you mentioned the fact that the your Hall of Fame selection came in Miami when the Super Bowl was there. You grew up in Fort Lauderdale. You know, I think most people understand that 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 South Florida and Florida in general is a big football hotbed. I mean, you look at any NFL roster and you look at hometowns, it's like Florida, Florida, Ohio, Texas, California. You know, that's that's one of the biggest amateur hotbeds for football. Was it a foregone conclusion that when you're growing up that you're going to play football? Not really. I mean, I, I I played, you know, basketball, baseball, football growing up, you know, you know, it's Florida. It's just like Texas and California. You have, you have the, you know, you're fortunate to have good weather year round. So as a kid and, you know, times are different now anyway, but you know, when you and I were kids, you, you were outside, you know, when you weren't doing schoolwork, if the weather for you growing up North, like, I mean, if the, but for us down South, it was every day. You just, was it raining or not? And still went out in the rain, like, you know, so kids were always outside playing sports, playing pickup basketball, playing baseball, you know, um, catching football in the yard. And so I grew up playing sports all the time. By the time I got to high school, uh, I played all three. You know, I think my sophomore year of high school, I had my first offer football. And I, I kind of knew, I was like, this is probably going to be the way it goes. So I dropped baseball after my freshman year, played basketball. And then my senior year, I only played baseball. So I th- I'm pretty sure somewhere between my sophomore and junior year, it was, I knew I was going to just that was going to be it I, but I love basketball and I, I wanted to keep playing it but I, I just wanted to focus on the staying in the gym um you know um the, those last two that last year I guess so um it took me till middle of high school to figure out that that's what I want to do I had some small offers for basketball but it wasn't gonna you know it wasn't gonna end up the same place where we got here so how big were you going in from like maybe your freshman year, early parts of high school into your sophomore year? Like, yeah, you so I went running? from, I went from my freshman year, I was probably about six, one, six, two, two, oh, five, 200 to six, five, two seventy. What? Yeah. I, 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 I hit a growth spurt. My Come on, my, dude. That's not a growth spurt. That's that's something else, man. <laughs> you know? I graduated high school. I graduated at high school at two. I reported to Michigan as a freshman at two ninety seven. 
and, what? And uh, yeah, and I'm 250 now. <laughs> 250. Yeah. Well, yeah, you look great, man. You're you're nice and trim. Got yeah, the jawline and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I I graduated high school at 300 pounds. God. And you just were just dedicated yourself from sophomore year on like this is what i want to do yeah, like, i mean i played yeah. basketball my sophomore and junior but you were hitting the weights more and all that stuff yeah i mean i'm just yeah i mean you know i, I mean my senior year in high school i had done everything as far as requirements so i think like my my second semester of my senior year i had like like outdoor education first period then i had like basketball weightlifting and then like you know <laughs> office aid or something like you know i mean i, I literally showed up to school in my 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 PE clothes, fished in the ponds in the back of the school for an hour, then went and played basketball, lifted weights, and then left and went fishing. Like that was kind of like my second semester of my senior year. Dude, I'm telling you, every every kid on the basketball court is like, fuck that. I'm not guarding that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the other thing too, it's like I I, sh I show my son Luke, and he doesn't believe me. He goes, You could I was like in my in the yearbook, like I my senior year of high school. And I think until my like fifth shoulder surgery, I could dunk any way you wanted. Like, I mean, it, it was just like a dunk fest. Like it was, it was fun. And I played actually my senior year, like we played, like we got, we started this little rec league, like this little kind of like intramural league at the park by our house, like a bunch of guys from thing. And, and we just played because we could play when we want and it wasn't involved with the school. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, it was, but, um, but yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you on the court. Yeah, I mean, as I said, by the time you started, by the time we started playing together in Minnesota, uh, my shoulder, like my shoulder, I, I had no, I couldn't get, there was no more shooting for me because of my shoulder. So yeah. I just, I just, yeah, I was, or even now, like for me, if I'm going in the yard playing catch with my son or whatever, I've, I've learned to throw football left-handed. Are you uh, serious? Yeah, I can, my arm doesn't work very good. I mean, I can, I can move, I, you know, I can do it. I just, I can't. Yeah. You, I can't do any sort of throwing motion. I can't, I don't have much strength overhead. Yeah. Um, I need a so, replacement, but it'll, that'll be other, other than that, how are you physically? Oh, great. Like, uh, but, but that, I'd rather have that than have lower body issues. Right. Cause right. I run 15, 20 miles a week now. Um, Dang, which man, I, my, my knees, ankles, hips, all that's good. Um, which, and I can keep the weight off that way. I, I bike, you know, I got a Peloton sitting right next to me here. I do that. I got, I, I run, um, I, you know, I try to get in the weight room, but I'm so limited. It just makes it not fun. Um, so I, I try to do like the, you know, the kind of the old man workout where I'm doing, you know, three sets of something for 12, 15 reps, just so I don't, yeah. get like, so I don't get like the, the, the old man body, you know? Yeah. But can you even do pushups then with your shoulder? Yeah, I can do, I, you know, <laughs> ironically, all the doctors that did my surgery, they found a way to make it so that I could do this all the time right yeah that's yeah I, I live my life and so i can do like i can do like a narrow narrow grip bench you know um i can do push-ups so um you know i wish i could like i could do i can do a plank like straight plank and, you know but go doing the high low plank like some of that stuff yeah, yeah. it's hard you know i gotta have i gotta have our our uh i gotta have Hard hardwick come up with a plan for me so i can do some like I'm gonna have you know Nick's Nick's like yeah he's killing right it now. right now I know yeah I know he's, I, yeah he's coming I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to have him come up with a plan for me for some like alternate stuff so that I can I can actually kind of get you know some something done in a weight room but but with with a limited range of motion but have you done have you done any just like um 
resistance band flexibility stuff to get that rotator cuff and that and all, and all that rotational it, it, stuff. Well, that, that's it's not it's not really it's not really like that. It's my 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 shoulder was surgically made to limit the range of motion. Oh, gotcha. So that like when they took this procedure, they had, they did my original one in college was they, they literally made it so that my arm couldn't go back. So it wouldn't come up. Cause I, my original injury in college was I, I ripped my arm out of the socket. Oh, so they, they, they made it so it couldn't do that again. So well, in order to Godzilla or something, how the hell do you get your, no, we, no, we were arm ripped it out. Like, it was crazy freak injury. I hit the ground and it just popped out and it ripped all the, the completely ripped the rotator cuff and then playing nine more games that year with it like that didn't help. <laughs> so you so big I, dummy yeah yeah so i um i had to um i need to so hopefully at one point when i decide to do the to the, do the replacement surgery they can go and reverse all that um yeah. what we did and i'm just it just every time i think about having another shoulder surgery i just start tearing up because they're the most painful worst things ever well yeah you can't sleep I mean, out, you outside gotta, the surgery, you got to sleep you in a you got to sleep in an armchair for six weeks. You just you're you're it's awful, you know. Yeah, I'm sure when that time comes, they'll have some sort of. I'm sure even now the the replacement device is like you yeah. feel brand new. Like you, I'm literally I'm holding out hope till I literally have to, and then hopefully the technology is caught up with some of these other ones like a hip or a knee or something that's yeah. like you know you get a hip done you're you get you wake up and you're walking around you know yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping at some point soon or then later they have some process that makes it easier than what it has been in the past. But that sucks, dude, because you can't even do any sort of alternative therapies. No, like, I mean, I can't you, swim. You can't you can't even in, even if like you believed in the stem cell stuff, you can't even do that because you're surgically not yeah, able yeah, yeah. to to do anything. Yeah, no, it's it's it was it was it was uh it was done like that on purpose, which you know allowed me to do what I did for a living. But yeah, now now now, now that's done. I, I've got to come up with a solution. But like even swimming laps, you know, for for try, figuring out a way to get cardio in without the you know the 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 you know the wear and tear, I can't do it because I can't get my fucking arm over my head. You know, so I can doggy paddle or do like breaststroke. But who the hell wants to do that for a half hour? <laughs> no, not me. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna stick to the same thing that you're doing. I'm gonna start going to the YMCA with the um, with the with the the older ladies and older gentlemen in the morning and get the little float board, the kickboard. Yeah, start doing the kick classes with them. Yeah, you can do like the little aquatic stuff with the little yeah. fl the little floaty little weights. weights. Yeah, yeah, I could yeah. see you doing that. You could rock yeah, that. Drown myself. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> you. I, I'm like you, but you are. You're already like you're way past what I am. Like I, I got a trick knee and to, if you said you run what, 10, 15 miles, if not more every week, Yeah, I'll run a 5k, you know, five times a week. You know, <sighs> Dang. And, if I, and then I'm 45 minutes on the Peloton at least every time I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know? well, so good for you, man. I, I, I think there's something romantic about running and I watch people run by my house all the time and it looks so graceful and they look like they're just enjoying life. And I'm like, that looks like fun. And then I'll go do that and I'll get about a half a mile in. I'm like, okay, well, not only is my, my lower body kind of hurting, I got a side stitch already. You got a side cramp. Yeah. 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 Right. I, um, I'm just going to go ahead and turn this thing around. Well, don't make, yeah. I mean, when I was playing at 315 pounds, if you asked me to get on a treadmill and run like 
a nine minute mile, I would do it. And then my eyes would be bloodshot. You'd think you'd have to get the like defib out of the closet. <laughs> and it, it, it was a buildup. Like it was a slow thing. Like I would, I would like run a mile and however long it took me, I would run it and then walk. And then the next time I try to run. And then I've gotten up to the point where I've, I've, for a while I was training to do a half marathon. Um, and I've gotten to the point where I think I've run seven or eight miles at, at a click. Um, which, which takes a lot out of you. It's more than you think, you know, especially yeah, around here yeah. in Nashville where we actually have some inclines and hills around here, yeah. you know? Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I still might try that one day, do that, that Disney half marathon just for, just to say I did it. Yeah. I don't know I if I'll ever do it more than once, but. Yeah. Well, and we all, we all got to have our own personal challenges. So, so right. do it, man. You can do it. Yeah. I, I remember now that you brought that up. I remember you and I were training in the off season one uh, one year with our buddy Craig, and there was probably what you're four or five, six of us, and we had we got done with a decently hard workout, you know, to the point where you know we were all done, we were all gassed out, we had we had kind of emptied yeah. our tank, and uh, I don't know if Craig, I don't know if he challenged you to do it, but you you just started sprinting a lap around the track. And we're like, yeah, I remember that brief. I, I remember it. Uh, I'm like, look at this dude go, lot, man. Like, I think you, I think we end up, he ended up like bringing, grabbing his phone or something and started timing you. I think you finished that quarter mile in under a minute. And we're like, we just did an hour plus workout and we might have been doing like stairs or something, stadium stairs where your yeah. legs are just over shaking. there at, uh, we were already dying high school. Right? Yeah, we we're dying high school. And yeah. then you just took off and like, I, I think you're kind of unprompted and you just like, we're flying. I'm like, this dude's on a whole nother level, man. <laughs> and you're like, huh? I don't know if I've ever done that. I don't think I've done that before. And I'm sure as hell haven't done it since. So. <laughs> you were feeling ultra squirrely that day. Yeah, something, something. Uh, that was the lockout year. It might have been the lockout year. Because that's the, that's the year we all kind of did the Lifetime whole fitness and Craig yeah, and all the, this. That's, that's the year we did the whole offseason with Craig over there. Yeah, what a mess. What an absolute mess that was. It's kind of fun though. It was kind of fun to get together in the, at at Lifetime or or to get together at yeah, the, we, the yeah. Yeah, what did we do? We lifted at Lifetime. Then every other day we met Craig out there and uh, and and did that workout out there. I mean, it, it broke up the monotony, you know. Yeah. Because you know, we we didn't have the the luxury of being in this new facility um, that the Vikings have. Yeah. How about that thing, huh? So for us to get out of Winter Park for a couple months in the summer and work out outside i mean there was no complaint from us on that right yeah going to winter park when it's um springtime or something and it's supposed to be yeah. nice out and we've got the two months out. the two months you get the weather that you, yeah you want to be yeah we're, we're stuck in the in the basement workout room with no windows that place was that place was awful and now this they've got this this freaking paradise that they train in oh my gosh i went through it uh, i i only I, I you know i still have yet to be seen the new stadium really yeah I've yet to well, see we got to we got to change that. Well, know? I'm coming up this year. They're doing, um, you know, I do a, the ring ceremony for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I'll be up for. I think I'm the Halloween weekend game is. I don't know who they're playing, but I'm coming up for that. I'm going to try to sneak up for uh, for tickets. Uh, uh, ring of Honor deal. Yeah, um, that'll be in the beginning of October. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't really. I know. Obviously, I know he's going. So it's, it's whenever alumni weekend is. That, that's what Tom West had said. So. I'm going to try to get up a little bit for that, but the facility I have seen, I, I did, I, I did a, about an hour tour of it a couple of years ago and it's phenomenal. 
Yeah, it's phenomenal. Do you remember when we were our, our free agent class in 2006? I remember walking through, and I don't think we were walking through together. We were kind of on separate little tours or times that we were at Winter Park. And um, I was getting pointed out to the, the, the quote-unquote hydrotherapy room, you know, where we had the hot tub and the cold tub. And then there were like two service guys working on the hot tub. And I was yeah. like, oh, you know, I think I just made the off comment like, oh, it looks like the hot tub needs fixed. And he's like, well... Yeah, it's it's been broken for several years. We're actually they, trying they to get tell you those guys lived in that room and constantly worked on it. <laughs> it's like, like, and I know, and I I know that your your whole situation with the poison pill and all that stuff. But I didn't have a like free agent recruiting process. Like they just offered the biggest contract it was between them and Tennessee and Oakland. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go where they're going to pay me the most, and it's kind of yeah, close to sure. home. And I show up to Winter Park, having never set foot in Winter Park ever, and I'm like, what is this shithole? Yeah, yeah. Like I was, can't believe that Randy Moss and the, all these other greats practiced oh, no. in, out of this place. Yeah, no, no, it's it's crazy, and it, and it's I had a similar situation um, in Seattle. Like the the facility I was at in Seattle, my whole career was, and this is no exaggeration, um, worse than Winter Park. There's so, no way. It can't and, be. And, and, yeah, and so in a way, in a way. Uh, it didn't have as much of a dungeon feel, but mm -hmm. our our cafeteria at Winter Park was, I want to say, five times larger, five times larger than the cafeteria in Seattle. We we ate lunch and breakfast in our lockers because there wasn't enough seats. There was maybe three tables of three tables that held four people. And so... Um, so when I left Seattle that next year, that 2000, I think it was 2006, our first year in Minnesota, that's when that world-class facility opened in Seattle. And I yeah. missed that. And then, so then I leave Minnesota and retire, you know, and go to Tennessee for a year and then retire. And then, and then, you know, now that, that opens up that facility. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I've just missed everything, you know? So, yeah. But, yeah. but no, it, it builds character, Ben. I mean, the fact that we had to, you know, uh, the fact that we had to go through that, although they did, they did redo the locker rooms early on. Remember, they did. Yep, we had a pretty good locker room. That was that was decent. Yeah, the locker room used to be the metal, the metal high school lockers, um, and really that they redid them. I think that first year that we were together in 2006, because I never actually lockered in those old lockers. I think I, they showed me the I, locker I think room. What happened? I think we had it for off season. Yeah, we had it for the and off When we season, went right. to go to Mankato, we they came back. It. it was all it was all gutted. It yeah. was already, it was it was redone. So yeah, yeah, much much nicer. I think the hot tub still was broken when we got back. Hot tub's always broken. <laughs> uh, hot tub was always broken. We had our we had our our wee room, our little yep. wee room next to the training room, the sauna that um, probably needed to be disinfected a lot of a lot of times, and then the dungeon weight room uh yeah. yeah yeah and then they then they then they took the indoor and i think this is because of i think this was because of troy williamson i'm not quite sure but then they blacked out the only window in the indoor to give us natural light yeah. because they said that the wide receivers couldn't track the football because of the the overwhelming glare that came out of this like two foot by 20 foot window that gave us any sort of natural light yeah, yeah, right. And so when when we spent basically October seventeenth through January tenth working out in there practicing every day, we had zero light because the receivers couldn't see the ball on the the, the chance that you know the whatever.
Think about how good we'd be. We we'd be Super Bowl champs if we had di- vitamin we D had in the system. We had natural if we had light. light. If we had natural light and vitamin D, we we would oh, be a whole different team. Unbelievable. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> we that, we'd have won that game in New Orleans. Oh my God. Is is that is that to you not that it's uh memorable for great reasons, but is that probably your most memorable season game as a Viking, that two thousand nine season? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that the whole the whole the way that whole year went down, I mean, with, with, you know, is, you know, the rumors is Brett, Brett wanted to come here. How much of those are rumors? You know, he, 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 you know, he, he retires from the jets, comes out of retirement, comes to us. And then, you know, the year we had the, the run we went on and, and then for it to end that way, when I think, I mean, I'm pretty I mean, I'm, we felt like we were the better team. Right. And just, you know, we had, we had, we had turned the ball over and we, we, we shot ourselves in the foot plenty to probably, to probably say that that game could have been different if we didn't. But at the end of that game, you know, the Saints won the game, let's put it that way. But it is something to be said that after that game, they changed the overtime rules. I mean, it is kind of funny that. Yeah. It's kind of funny how that works out, right? Yeah. It's kind of funny how, you know, let's change the overtime rules because that shouldn't have happened, but that was the rules at the time they won the game, but yeah, that's the one. That's the season for sure. Because the cool thing is, and you were there the whole time with me as well, where, um, you know, we got there, we, you know, we were brought in, Chili came in, brought us in. He wanted to change the culture, all, all that. Right. So we came in and we were, you know, the love boat thing had just happened the year before we come in and we go six and 10, but we went six and 10 and we battled. Right. But then the next year, you know, it was, it was eight and eight, you know, and, and, and I, th- I think we made, the playoffs that we did, year. yeah. You know, we we lost to Philly in at home, yep, but we had right, a home yep. playoff game. And then the next year it was ten and six, you know, and and uh, again playoffs. And then the next year it was twelve and four. So it's like we did what we were supposed to do, right? We you saw improvement. You just look at this, you know, you look at the record, you look at how far we went in the playoffs, and then and then two thousand ten, there was a whole lot of stuff that happened. I mean, you could. You could really write a book about the 2010 season. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I'm sure you get this question all the time. I get this question all the time from Vikings fans is like, you know, about the 2009 season, about your most memorable time. The 2009 season was memorable, yes, for a lot of great reasons, It the way it ended against the Saints. But 2010, 2010 might be the, the most memorable, but for all kind of the, the opposite reason. reason all the wrong reasons it was the and i played 12 years in the nfl that was by far the most clown show thing i've ever been a part of you we would we would joke at the time if you sat down at a, in a hollywood script writing yeah. um room with a whole bunch of writers and you said let's come up with the most outlandish shit that could happen during a football season you couldn't make up the stuff that happened you know, well, and it yeah. and it all started. It started with, with with me and and Jared and and Brian flying to kidnap Brett. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he comes up there, and then the whole off season accusations with him from the whole New York yep. female reporter thing, and that was that started it, and nobody knew what the hell was going on there. And then, you know, you sprinkle in the dome collapsing, the dome collapsing. Let's go with Randy Moss. Randy Moss, Childress being Childress fired. Gets fired. Um, Frazier I mean, takes over. Uh, we have the dome collapse. We have we had uh, a, the, a, a the Sunday Philly night game. game. We yes. had a Sunday night game played on Tuesday night. 
Yep, because of the, the supposed quote-unquote snowstorm that was going to hit Philly on Christmas Day. I think it was Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Yeah, we, we were we there. We flew out on Christmas Day. Yeah. I think we flew out on Saturday, which was Christmas Day. I think Sunday was supposed to be, we were supposed to play Sunday night or no. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, were, we, supposed, we, were, we were supposed to play Sunday, Sunday night. night. We got and told we at like 11 move, They didn't want to move it to Monday because ESPN, we had already moved the dome collapse game to a Monday night when we played the Giants in Detroit for a home game because the dome collapsed. So they didn't want the competition with the, with the, with the, the you know, the competition for the ratings so that we had to play it on Tuesday. Yeah. And we got absolutely housed starting at like 11 o'clock a.m. on that Sunday when they were like, oh. hey, we're going to move the game to Tuesday. Cool. What's our responsibilities? Oh. Uh, you guys got a night off. Curfew at midnight. We're like, uh, okay. We sent somebody to go get liquor. And we, I mean, I don't know how many cheesesteaks we got from like Geno's. I mean, oh, somebody, you guys were, you guys were, all, for some reason, I had like a, like a mini, like a junior suite. Like I walk into my room and I have like a, a whole separate living room and a bedroom. I'm like, I don't know how the hell I scored this thing. So I'm like, all right, let's go to my bedroom. Yeah. And, and it was, I think we ordered like two bottles of crown Royal for like a hundred bucks a piece. Like, yeah, cause it was room service. Yeah, it was yeah. Something stupid. And that's what started this crazy night to where uh, I had to hold Tahi from killing some guy on a on You a guys went short, out. Me and Jim, yeah, we went Jimmy, out. Jimmy and I didn't go. Jimmy and I didn't go. We stayed, but you guys all went on the bus. You went to like Chickie and Pete's or something. Yeah, and thankfully you didn't go out because it might have been it might have been yeah. much worse. <laughs> it might have been much worse. I think I knew. I think I knew. That little guy was sitting on my shoulder going, you just stay yeah. here. You just stay here. Hey, I don't know if I have ever asked you – privately or publicly when you guys went down in 2010 at the start of the season to get Brett, what, what, what were those conversations like? Like what were you was, guys saying well, to him and what happened? I'll tell you what, the, I thought, I honestly, in my heart thought, and maybe, you know, maybe Longwell knew better, but I thought in my heart, we were going to show up on, on there. Cause so, you know, um, Deanna had no, she had known about, it, you know? Oh, so the family was in on it. He didn't know. And so Buss, his agent, they all wanted him to play. And so they, and his agent, Buss Cook, uh, he's the one to pick this up from the airport. So they had, they had planned like, oh, we're going to have a late dinner tonight. We're just going to get a bunch of steaks and everybody's going to be over and knowing we were coming, but he didn't know. Right. And so by the time we landed, got there, Buss picked us up. And we, I honestly thought like we were going to show up, walk in the door and he was going to be like, Oh, you guys, you guys came and got me. All right, let's have a, let's do it. Let's do one. Let's do run it back from last yeah. year. Well, I don't know why I thought that, but we show up to the house. Hey, you know this, and we're sitting there and uh, hey, you guys, you guys got me and all that. And, it's, and then we're getting ready. And I was going to get a drink or something. We were getting ready to have a steak. And I look and I'm like, well, where'd Brett go? And they're and they're like, I think he went to bed. Like, he just come on. Bed. And so I was, I looked at Longwell and I was like, holy shit. Like, this is, he, he was, he said hi and everything. He's great. But he was almost like, all right. He didn't even say goodnight. He just went to bed. And we were like, holy shit. So we went to, we went to sleep, talked for a little bit, kind of got the sense that he. So he was, never came back out. So it's just no, you. He never came back. It was, it was like, yeah, his wife. Bus. Yeah, we were all sitting around and we we're kind of trying to ask her, like, what do you think? She goes, I don't know. She goes, I, I thought maybe there was a chance. She goes, I don't know if he wants to come back. And I'm like, 
son of a bitch. So we go, we go to bed, got up early in the morning. And uh, so hold on. So are, are you reporting back to Chile at that point in time? Like does somebody, report I, back I think, to- yeah, I think we were texting or yeah, I was texting him like almost, I think I was almost like, Hey, we, he went to bed. Cause I don't know if he thought we were going to grab him and then fly back that night. I think that's yeah. what he thought we were going to do because I remember the, the, the shit storm kind of hit the next day when we didn't know if we were getting them and people, all the media was asking like, why are these three guys not at practice? Right. And I remember Bev was at like, Bev was at like the press con. It was his day to do the, the coordinator press conference or whatever after practice and they're grilling him and he had specific instructions not to talk about it. And he was like, uh, you know, sounding like, like, like an idiot up there. Cause he didn't know what to say. So we got up the next morning early and we're having coffee, me and Longwell and Jared and, you know, and we're sitting there and, and he comes out and he's like, come on, let's go for a ride. So we jump in like his, like, his, his, like, his, like, uh, little side-by-side is Polaris. And we're just driving around his property. And he was basically telling us he's, he's done. And I was like, I, I remember saying something to the effect, like, well, we're in for a shit storm because, you know, basically from a quarterback standpoint, you know, I know Sage was there and, and that, but it was like, how do you go, how do you basically lay all your cards on the table and it doesn't work how do you go back and sell to a team like you know yeah like oh guys we're gonna be great with quarterback two and three and four we have we're just we're gonna be fine like that that's nobody's gonna buy that right no you would have had it just would have been a mess so i mean finally it was just was like you know i think it was you know jared or somebody or you know, Longwell was like, I don't blame you. You know, and I'm like, Longwell, you're not helping, you know. You know? <laughs> Longwell, you got to take the other approach. <laughs> I think Jared, Jared, it was almost kind of a good cop, bad cop thing. And like, um, Jared kind of like, you know, Jared kind of did his Jared thing. Like, you know, like, hey, what the hell, make some money. Let's go just go have fun, you know. Kind of got him this, you know, like, all right. Yeah, like, so, let's, let's stop overthinking this. Like, you've been doing yeah, this yeah. your whole life. Yeah, like, for sure. Just, Let's get a paycheck. Let's let's go to the Super Bowl and let's win this. So uh, he's like, all right. So we went and grabbed a backpack and we got our backpack. We, you know, we weren't, didn't really have much. And so we think bus drove us to the airport. And uh, of course, I remember um, there were like news cameras and everything there because they were tracking at this point. They, they knew, you know, it was all over like shifting. I mean, I think driving to the airport somebody had pulled up on like pro football talk. that was like, you know, Schefter or Glazer reporting that, you know, we were there doing what we were doing. And cause this point the media knew we were absent, you know, and it was like, yeah. Well, so they that track, was, they track tail numbers for airplanes yeah. and they, they oh, yeah, know, sure. yeah, they know if an owner's plane is going to land and right. well, coming down, going down there, we had to, going down there, the pilots filed a flight plan in new Orleans and then midair changed it so that people were tracking it they tracked the number and said, Oh, he's just going to New Orleans, you know? And then we went to Hattiesburg. So there was some, uh, there were some steps taken to try to prevent that. But I think, I think, you know, what our absence really kind of set it off. Well, and I'm going to guess that people in Hattiesburg, you, you don't get a whole lot of private jets that fly into Hattiesburg yeah. during training camp time, during yeah. this, these rumors, sure. 
Brett Favre going to do? So for sure, even if it wasn't somebody in Minneapolis or or national media, I'm sure somebody at the airport was like, uh, yeah, we can put two and two together. <laughs> you know, they, they 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 somebody figured it out. But but yeah, so that was that. And um, do you think that he was intentionally trying to play hard to get that first night? You know, I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I I think he really just didn't want to sit there and get lectured on why he needs to come back because it's not like who's he playing hard to get with us like like we were going to well, be it comes down to contracts though oh well, yeah but our, we're not the ones that are nego- we're not negotiating his contract no but if he but he if he knows and let's say he's getting advice or maybe he knew that we would go back to chile if, i mean right at this point i think the fact that ownership sent a plane down with three guys to get him back i, I think I think you've kind of tipped your hand on what you're willing to do money-wise. I mean, you're pretty much throwing all the leverage in Brett's corner by sending three guys down at the middle of training camp private jet to come pick you up. Yeah. It's probably not yeah. any easier way to show that, oh, all right, well, you name your price and we're, you come back on the plane, you know? Yeah. Well, I remember two conversations from that. On the front end, it was 10 o'clock at night in Mankato. I'm in my my you know amazing dorm room there at gage hall and you come busting in my my room and you're like dude we got to do something i'm like about what he's like we got to get brett back i'm like how you're like i'm looking at my watch i'm like it's 10 o'clock at night i'm fucking tired like what what do you want me to do right now at 10 o'clock at night we go into ej's room the two of us and ej could care less at that point he's like he's like oh i don't know why you guys are in my room right now so And so you're like, you're like in panic mode. Next thing I know, you guys are on a trip. I think it was the very next day that organized it for you guys to go down there. You know, cut to the fact that we get Brett back. And Brett and I were locker neighbors. And he and I are talking. And I'm like, yeah, it's Brett, it's great to see you. Good to have you back. He's like, well, you know, Ben, they throw all this money at me. I'm just, I can't say no. And I'm like... Well, good. Hey, however it worked out, however it worked out, I'm, I'm glad you're back. You know, if it took a little up in the ante when it comes to the, the yearly salary, I'm I'm glad to have you back. And then, and then the wheel just fell off. Yeah. I mean, the first seven playing, playing home games at the end of the year at University of Minnesota Stadium. Yeah. Dome collapse, playing a home game in Detroit on a Monday, playing a a game on Tuesday in Philly. I mean, you remember that game in Detroit too? So we were playing the Giants. It was supposed to be a home game. That's when the dome collapsed. So we fly to Detroit to play a home game, quote unquote. And so it was too late. The the league couldn't sell tickets. Yeah, it was a free game. Who who the hell is going to want to go see the Giants and the Vikings in Detroit, right? You're not going to get anybody to sell. So they gave out tickets, and it was the winner. Yeah. Dead a winner. And so they gave out tickets. And as you can imagine, it's smartly like a lot of the homeless population from Detroit took the tickets. Yeah. So like the whole stadium was full of homeless people that could care less about football, but wanted a warm place and get something to eat or whatever. And I, like it just that just kind of encap- encapsulates the entire year like yeah playing the giants we're the vikings playing the giants in detroit for a home game and the entire stadium's full of 
homeless crowd looking just to get out of the elements for you know and and looking homeless like we're not just we're yeah, not just had, saying yeah, like they, they were homeless all, like they were all blankets yeah i mean it wasn't yeah. like they were dressed up wearing lions jerseys or anything for that matter you know it was yeah it looked like they're wearing ghillie suits like street made yeah. ghillie suits you yeah, know? I mean, it was, it was, but you know hey awesome for them that they got out of you know 20 degree weather for a night or for a few hours and so um but if that just doesn't tell you 2010 minnesota viking season i don't know what does and i'm not i'm not exaggerating you saw it too i just want everybody to like i'm not exaggerating we pulled up on the buses to the stadium and it looked like instead of a schoolyard full of bikes like in the summertime it was shopping carts Oh, like yeah, people, yeah. people had parked their shopping carts just on the side there because they were running into the game. They opened the yeah. doors two hours before the game and it was free. And people, you got homeless guys sitting on 50 yard line seats. You know, they'd be, they'd be a, a $5,000 seat and he's sitting there for free. But it was, yeah, no. But the, the crazy thing is, is every week that year, especially about, I guess it was the second half of the season because I think right before Thanksgiving, it's got Childress got let go and kind of seems like when the wheels were obviously falling off prior to that, which is why the head coach got fired during the season. But then it really spiraled. And I remember thinking, and probably we've all said this sitting in our lockers, but there was, it was almost like there's no way shit could get any weirder than it did this last week. And then the next week happened and it did. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, I remember we played the Bears on a Monday night at the end of the year in Minnesota, the Gopher Stadium, and they almost had to cancel the game because that, at the time, the field didn't have the heating elements. Yeah. And from the hashes, from the, no, from the numbers to the sidelines, it was a frozen sheet of ice. Yep. And so they almost had to cancel the game, but they were out there with like sledgehammers trying to break up the ice on the turf. I'm like, what are we doing? Well, I remember our the walkthrough that we had the day before, it was frigid. I think it was yeah. like 20 below with wind chill and, and my toes were going numb just in the walkthrough. And we we're taking the bus and this might've been the next, maybe that night going back to the hotel or something like that, Robbie Gold, the the kicker for the bears he was he was like their assistant player i think he was their head player rep you were our head player rep i was your assistant and he calls me on my cell phone and he's like hey dude we need to talk about this game we're supposed to play and i said well in what way and he goes we got we just walked the field and nobody wants to play this game and and i said yeah we just came from the field as well it, it's it's complete shit. like it's it's completely yeah. ice and it's it's cold or whatever and he goes he goes, we have a we have an internal petition going around. Like they they're pressuring me to get a hold of you guys to cancel this game. Like no player wants to. They think this is unsafe. We're we're already in touch with the PA, trying to figure out what we can legally do to cancel this game yeah. from the player's standpoint. I go, dude, I don't know what you want us to do at this point. Like I I don't think that we can cancel this game. Now I kind of knew the weather was going to get a little bit better. I think game time temperature is like twenty five. It ended up like warming yeah. up. Yeah, it was. And I was like. I was like, we were told that they're going to like have heaters and they're going to cover the field and they're going to do all this other stuff. It hadn't happened yet, but they told us they're going to do that. So I basically told him like, hey, dude, I, I don't think that we can do that. Like, let's just play this stupid game and get get and get this thing over yeah. with. It was it was ridiculous. And then and then and then that season ended. It couldn't end any, any quicker than it did. And then we roll right into the we roll right into the uh, the lockout. 
Yeah. You know? Yep. And so then, you know, circle back to, you know, our off season while we're working out at Edina high school. So that was a, uh, to say the least, that was a very weird 12 calendar months from, <laughs> yeah. from August to August. Cause I remember that right before the 2000, like before we could practice the first day of the 2011 season, you and I had to get a formal vote. Yeah. We had to tally the votes to ratify the CBA. And then I had to write down the votes and call the, I had to call DC and say, all right, we had, you know, 88 yays and two nays, you know, and yeah. then they said, okay. And then I had to wait. We all stood around and then I got a call said, all right, get leagues on. And then we went out to practice. Yeah. Yeah. The weird, the weirdest thing, just the absolute weirdest thing, but listen, um, I hate to sort of cut this short, but we have to, for time purposes, um, yeah. It was it was so fun to see you and catch up. And again, uh, congrats on the Hall of Fame. I know I'll, I'll be seeing you here in a couple of weeks at your little uh, your little party on the Friday night. Hey, and uh, we'll we'll celebrate with with many cocktails. And yes, sir. I don't know if they're I don't know if you're prepared to treat it like your 21st birthday, but I have a feeling it's probably going to turn into that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This it, the, I think it's scheduled to go to 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't start till like nine or nine thirty. Well, yeah, so the gold jacket thing doesn't get over till like nine or whatever. And by the time we we jump, uh, you know, the party will start at like nine eight thirty nine for for everybody. You know, for the, you know, the music will be playing all that jazz, and then everybody gets there. But we'll show up hopefully around nine thirty or so, and. and um, then, then the fun will begin. Yeah, we'll get after it, man. We'll get sure. after it. Like old times. Yeah, like Great the old, like the like the, like the uh, what, what was the the drink at the Dragon? What was the what was that place in uh, Uptown we used to go to? Oh, the, we went to the Red Dragon. Red um, Dragon and had the punch bowl. The the God, what was that? Just awful. Yeah, that was awful. Great yeah. times. I mean, make, make, make you walk sideways really on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long night. Boy. Yeah, I think I was. Night. I think I was banned from planning any sort of outing after that. They're like, no, if Lieber's in charge, no, it's going to be bad. Let's start the night off at Uptown at six o'clock. Go to the Red Dragon and drink this huge punch bowl of steaming dry ice. Something with all kinds. It was like a. It's like the worst hurricane or Long Island iced tea ever concocted. That did what it did its job. We were we were gonzo. Yeah, it only it only takes one. It'll yeah. it'll cost you twenty bucks, and you're you're already drunk. Yeah, that's great. So, all right, pal. Well, it was great catching up. Great catching up, man. I'll, see you, I'll see you in a few weeks. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Well, that'll do it for this week here at Unrestricted. I hope you guys really enjoyed my chat and sit down conversation with Steve Hutchinson. Um, it's always great to reminisce about those two seasons, uh, 09 and 2010. You know, memorable for a lot of reasons. Mostly, it sounds like pretty bad. But we we all had fun with it, and it's not hyperbole at all that 2010 was the most chaotic and craziest season that any of us have ever been a part of. And that, not just Steve and I, but guys that had been in the league for a really long time have never been through a season like that. And I wish somebody out there internally was taking notes. Uh, hopefully there's a book or a, or a movie written about it because uh, I would love to go back and just uh, – you know, fill in all the gaps and see all the details that we missed. But 
That'll do it for this week here on Unrestricted. Guys, thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast uh, with your likes, with your comments, your feedback, uh, sharing the links to other friends and family. I really, really do appreciate it. I have to thank Douglas and Todd Bourbon, a premium bourbon made right here in the great state of Minnesota. Please go to douglasandtodd.com to find the nearest liquor store that supports Douglas and Todd Bourbon. I also have to thank prevumedica.com. Use the promo code BEN-20 for 20% off. Uh, everything they offer, all the wellness products they offer at Prevy Medica, including the all cat food sensitivity tests, which truly changed my life. And again, I'm not, I'm not just saying that. Um, that's how I found out I had a, a gluten sensitivity. That's how I found out that I was sensitive to soy, amongst other things. And I had to fix my leaky gut to get back on some of those foods, but have wouldn't have uh, figured it out without the all cat food sensitivity test. So until next time, you guys all be well. And I'll see you and hear from you next week on Unrestricted.